Hey, tell a man pass it, pull up and cross it. I'll bury that sh top corner. I'm a winger on the left, cut right. You can play me on the middle, I'm still top scorer. New studs on my boots, I'm blessed. No shin pads, I'll live in the edge. Got my ballet on the pitch, but the referee's finna pop that chest. Hey, hit a thing with the outside foot, like Roberto Bull. Yes, 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 people. The Footballist Podcast is finally back. It's been about a couple weeks now that we've been off. Um, I've got my reasons, I'll explain why. But all you need to know is we're back. We're back and we're better. I'll tell you why we're better because I'm pleased to announce that I've got a permanent co-host for the podcast, a guy that you definitely know about. If you follow the footballist, you definitely know about Galazzo first. So if you know about Galazzo first, you definitely know about Dave. Dave is the official co-host of the footballist podcast. Thank Thank you, you, Dave. Yeah, I'm Dave. Been on here. was the first one to come on your podcast. You've been on mine. And yeah, I just think we... We love football the same. We have we know ball, as they say. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so just thought we may as well make this a permanent thing. Just talking football every week, giving our thoughts and opinions, interacting with people, our listeners and followers and stuff. So I think it'll be good, yeah. Hundred, hundred. You know, the deadly duo is back. Of course, back of in the here for here for sure. You know, like Dennis Bergkamp and Thierry Rina Heidi. Or your Facts. Dwight York and Nicole. I don't need to say too much. Facts. But um yeah, so he's now the co-host, you know. As I said, as I always will do, all his links will be in the bio wherever they can be. Check him out on Instagram, Twitter. I don't know, but are you back on Twitter now? Or? Yeah, I got I just set up a new account the other day. Cool. Same so, all, all across the platforms. So yeah, just do up all his socials, you know, the vibes. And um, yeah, so why I took a break from the podcast, um, obviously during the podcast, I've done it during lockdown and after the fourth episode is when the whole uh, George Floyd situation happened and the Black Lives Matter movement. So I thought not only should I kind of take a break from the podcast because there's bigger matters at hand here, there's um, a movement going on which I wanted to be a part of and I felt like I've got a strong enough platform to at least voice my opinion and make more awareness of it. So I took a little break from not only the podcast, but I don't know. I like to think most of you guys are following me, but a lot of my content during that kind of period for that about two weeks was strictly about Black Lives Matter. Obviously, I've done the odd football content here and there, but I tried to use, you know, my platform for as much as I could. And, you know, the podcast is back. Everything is back on the upper running, but me as a black man myself, I would still like to keep the movement going where I can um, and I will still continue to do that. But that's the reason why the Footballs Podcast took a little break. But you know, we're back. We're back. And um, yeah, so in today's episode of the Footballs Podcast, you know, I know there's a lot of people tuning into this one specifically because of my, <laughs> my team of the season shots. <laughs> you know, I had a couple questionable ones, but I got my reasons and I know you're here for it. We will be doing that, but at first, we'll be doing the usual structure. You know, I like to think, again, if you've been watching it, listening to the Footballist Podcast, you know the structure already. A ranking at first, general discussions in the middle, then a question at the end that we'll both answer. So, today's top three ranking will be the top three under-21 Premier League talents. Now, I've got my three. You got your three, Dave? I've got my three, yes. But it's three. All right, so... I'll go first. I'll go first. Um, my top three under-21 Premier League talents. You know, this is 
you probably have a rough guess of who I would pick because, you know, they've been doing bits this season. Like, you can't avoid them. But um, it's the order which could ruffle a couple feathers. But, you know, that's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. And I ain't going... I, there's no cap in my rap. That's all I'm going to say. I'm just saying it how it is. And I've got my reasons. And we move. So, Thanks. third, I've got Bukayo Sako. Now, Oof. yeah, man. So, he he had his breakthrough season actually last season. Like, in the Europa League games and everything. But he didn't really get a run. It was just the other periods here and there. This season, he's came on everything. He's played left back, left wing, right wing, centre mid, even a bit of cam. Like, this guy's extremely versatile. And there aren't really much young players out there who are as versatile as Bukayo Sako. It shows great mentality as well, you know, to say... Because there's many players you'd be like, you know, I'm a left winger. I want to make a name for myself as a left winger. I don't want you to call me a left back. Exactly. You know? So... But Kai Sako's definitely got that right attitude, that right mentality to go however far he wants to go. And, you know, he's not only doing well on the pitch, but he's doing well with the numbers as well. Four goals and 12 assists to his name. He's leading the assists. Like, he's leaving he's leaving Urzel in the mud. Like, he's, yeah. the, he's our sister right now, out on the wing. You know, the little nutmegs versus Newcastle. Running down the wing. Great ball. Bro, his final, his end product, when it comes to crossing, it's underrated. Perfect. So, yeah. And now, obviously, he's Arsenal's new number seven. He, he is our star boy. You know, shout out mm. to Martinelli. But right now, unfortunately, you're, bit, you're injured right now. So, the limelight is on Bukayo Sako. Um, yeah, he's our star boy. He's our number seven. He's our franchise player. He's Bukayo Sako. So, Sako. I thought that all up by that last name, Bukayo Sako. <laughs> um, but, yeah. In second... I got full folding. Now this was hard because when I say the first the player who was in first, just know it was extremely tight between these two. Like it, it got to a point where I could have just made a random guess between them because you can't separate them. Now full folding, that guy is just a baller. Like straight up, like he's fitted into this Man City side extremely well after lockdown. I mean, it was, I wouldn't even just say after lockdown, like prior to lockdown, he's been doing his thing in the side, but after lockdown, he's actually managed to get a consistent run of games and he's ran the show so many times. Um, I believe he's got seven goals and assists um, yeah. since lockdown, Project Restart, all of that stuff. So this guy's been a key figure in this Man City side. Obviously, they nickname him the Stockport Iniesta and you can see why, because, you know, he mm. plays ball, like, you get, you get stuff or tell, like, Full forward and stuff for one of those guys who kind of grew up on cage football. Yeah, like, exactly. Way, you know, like the way he moves the ball, he moves it quick, quick, the close control. Definitely. That's why the potential he has under Guardiola, scary. This guy can reach new heights. And that's what yeah. I'm saying. The future's bright for England. This guy can lead us to glory. I don't want to put too much pressure on him though. But you know, the future's looking yeah. bright. And then obviously you got David Silva leaving as well. So. You know, yeah, space in the team, definitely. So, yeah. I think it's probably you, people can probably guess who my number one would be now. My number one is the MVP, Mason Van Persie, Mason Greenwood. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, bro. Yes, yeah, he's number one that because you know, he is that guy, like 
being a big reason as of recent why United are in third right now because I can't even say they're in a top four race the season's done so they're third and you know after lockdown another player he's been killing it post lockdown you know a lot of his goals bro most goals outside of the box left foot right foot top pins bottom corner like this guy can do anything the ceiling yeah. this guy has huge mad like especially because he's been doing it on the left now I know yeah. he's probably a he's probably a number nine so yeah, primarily, yeah, primarily he is a striker, but like as you said, he's been doing it on the wing and still been mashing work, whether he's on the left, right, centre, like. And um yeah. I just feel like and he's only eighteen as well, like. Hmm. I I don't wanna stretch it with him because I just he's this has been his breakthrough season. Let's see how he does next season before I start making wild claims, but he's looking like he could be one of the best. You know, if he stays grounded, sticks to what he's doing and keeps improving at this rate, bro, again, another one, another young English talent. I'm telling you, they ain't ready for us in year 2021. World Cup <laughs> 22, like, they ain't ready. But, um, yeah, that's my that's my top three under-21 talents. Um, I might post this on YouTube. If I do post this on YouTube, be sure to let me know your thoughts on my top three because I know there will always be someone you won't agree so let me know we'll, we'll go back and forth because I like interacting with you guys it is quite funny but um, well, I'll pass you guys on to Dave and his top three under 21 talents in the Premier League well not to be boring but ten- technically my top three is the same Saka um, Foden and Greenwood I would slightly change the order yeah. maybe this is a bit um circumstantial but I think simply because Saka has come into a team a bit like Aubameyang where he's literally carrying the team and he's brought kind of brought new life yeah and the fact he's done it on the, he's done that left back left wing right wing against Leicester Cam centre attack and mid against um Wolves and I don't know he just looks so he looks so comfortable and so like um Built like for, this, the for the high level, exactly. Like he's been in the team, mm. I think that that slightly edges him over Greenwood only yeah. because. Um, obviously, I respect both of them, and if I if I mm. could, I would let them on an equal level. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, Greenwood has been doing it against teams that aren't. Yeah, yeah. The the best, but obviously you can't like. It's a Premier League, do you know what I mean? Putting on his shooting from his left and his right, it's a, it's a, it's not it's not that much different. That's what I would say, and I would probably put I probably put Foden at the top only because I feel as if it takes a lot to really impress Pep Guardiola to put him in the team, and he he obviously was playing, he has like a Champions League team and a Premier League team, so he was on the Champions League team primarily, yeah. but. Even on that stage, that experience is is only beneficial for him. The players he's learning with, obviously, some of the other other guys don't have that same privilege. But obviously, David Silva's on the way out. But even players like De Bruyne are these like midfielders who have such presence and control games. I think he's obviously a bit more. He's a bit more controlling. Like he can. He obviously has a lot of goal contributions, but. I think he's more mainly on the ball like an Iniesta type player. Yeah. So his nickname. And I think that is only that like experience. I think in this 
in football right now, I think experience is the is the best thing, and that's the obviously the um, how these guys go for such big money is because it's that reliance and having that trust in such a young player, as opposed to just spit, like giving it. Obviously, David Silva, who's been doing it for years, mm. it's kind of you in when the league is so like fickle and it changes every week. I think having that confidence in a young player is so important and experience only breeds that. So I would put. My order would be Foden, Saka, and then Greenwood. But obviously, I'm not saying they're miles away. They're yeah, much. yeah, it's tough it's it's Yeah, exactly. But yeah, nah. But when you say Foden, like, I don't feel like people are really deep in what he's doing. As you said, in the Pep Guardiola side. I think yeah. I remember making a post in it. Like, I think it was actually probably around this time last year. Guardiola came out with a statement like, Phil Foden is the best ever talent at that age that he's ever taught with. And I'm not I'm not gonna say he's the best, because you know, um Guardiola's managed players like Messi and yeah. he, he's, the list of ballers he's been with, endless. But you can see why Guardiola might come out with such a statement like that. Whether we actually yeah. do the statement or not, you can see there's some truth into it after the way he's performed this season. And you know, people forget he's still only twenty years old, so Future yeah, exactly is right for him. Okay, so those are our top three under twenty one Premier League talents. Let us know what you think in the comments. Actually, you know what I will do? Yeah. Instead of sorry for being boring, I'll give special mentions. So, oh yeah, yeah. I'll give special mentions to Mason Mount. I wasn't his biggest fan. Mm. Um, actually, no, I liked him at Derby. The start of the season, he did. He was scoring a lot of goals, but then he went on that really horrible drought. Yeah. Obviously, he's a midfielder. Like he's not supposed to be banging in goals every day. But I think the way he's turned it round, especially, I think he start his first goal back was against Everton, and he's kind of really hit the ground. He's kind of carried on from that level. Yeah, and, must be an odd one because, like, yeah, as you said, in Derby when they were both under Frank Lampard, I think it was him. Tomori was there. Um, Harry Wilson, like. That Brighton team, that the Derby team last year was quite exciting in the yeah. championship, and obviously Mason Mount was a big part of that. And then even this season earlier on, I felt like he was getting a bit, bit disrespected to be honest. Like obviously, we saw the call that Messi made. I don't know if it's real or not to be honest, because <laughs> I had to dig so deep into that. But yeah, you I know, saw your comments, your comments are getting bad. So. When you've got the Messi co-sign, some people yeah. need to put some respect on Mason Mount's name. Yeah, exactly. And so, I think yeah. I think the, um, he's one of them guys at Chelsea that have probably seen Ziyech sign in, Havertz linked. And they just need to step up their game. Yeah. I think he's done so. And obviously Martinelli, poor guy, got, off, ugh, he got off, such a horrible injury. I thought it was like going to be at first like a month or two. Yeah, he said he's in tra- back in December. He was in oh. training as well. Do you know what I think? I think it was obviously in training, but you know these guys were not fit. Yeah. And obviously, yeah. he looked. He looked like he was. He looked like he was fit. I'm not saying he was fucking on. Like he was not training whatever, but. But like because of the lockdown and that. Exactly that like lack of intensity. Yeah. Because I think even um, Leno, he's been lucky to come back a bit early, but I don't know if I don't know if if he was in the full swing of things, I don't know if it would have been that as bad as it was. Yeah. But yeah, so Martin. I mean, he was much at work during the lockdown, but. Yeah. I probably got a feeling he was probably doing the wrong, not like the wrong kind of exercises, but you saw like the amount of stuff he was posting, doing loads of weight training. Yeah, probably. I think it, it looks 
kind of aesthetically good, and I think he was definitely told to bulk up. Yeah, because he was. I'm not gonna say he was a lightweight, but he was he was on this like no, he, side. He was definitely a bit lower, as you would expect as a, like a young player in Brazil but, as well. Yeah, but you know the thing, oh, he's just he just get, fills me with so much like. I don't know. The, Arsenal, the the young talent that we've got now is very is very bright, and he the fact that obviously he he was playing on the left, he was doing this thing in Europa, the cup, even yeah. that. Like obviously, Chelsea fans take the piss, but that goal against Chelsea, if it was a Bamiang or something, you would expect to like break in through, have the composure to finish, and obviously you blame the mistake, but for him to to be to be like. It's like the positional awareness, the, the press. positional awareness, even even can because you know how he kind of did you see his there was like an angle of his face kind of saying oh shit I lost the ball yeah 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 but I've I've seen no no shade to him but I've seen Özil throw up his hands I've seen other players throw up their hands just like give up but he kept mm-hmm. going and to have the composure to finish was yeah the composure on that goal it's like people ain't really showing enough appreciation on that because. Those types exactly. of finishes are not easy, especially like when it's a one v one. The keeper's exactly. coming out to make himself big, like. Then obviously yeah. with Martinelli, it's not even just Chelsea. Like he's fighting against Liverpool. Yes. Um, I'm pretty sure he scored in another big game as well, which I can't remember right now. His goal record's quite good. Yeah. Like Martinelli, obviously there's the Martinelli Greenwood debate. I've always said from day because Greenwood is someone. Because obviously I had a fan page, not a fan page, but there was a guy, a United page I used to be friends with. And we used to talk a lot and he was always telling me about Greenwood during the youth ranks. Mm. Then he made his debut against PSG last year in the Champions League. Then at the end of the season against Cardiff. So there was always a lot of hype around him. So the whole greenwood Martinelli debate, me, I've always said they're both ballers in their own right. They're both going to yeah. go to the top either way. It will always be tight, tight between two unless obviously one of them fall off and attitude problems or something. Then, mm. yeah. But yeah. that's always been my thought on that that debate. What other under twenty one talents? I can't even think of any right now, to be honest. I don't want to be too Arsenal based, but I was thinking Reese Nelson's really a, a player who's like confusing me. I think he's I think he's pushing twenty one now. Mm. But I don't know, like he's shown he good times. Yeah, but he seems a bit like those guys that they they panic when they when they get. The end yeah. product, slightly getting did. A slight. I will be vibes. I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to say it too soon, but slight. Because mm. I'm. I was, I was watching. I did a bit of like other research. I was watching some of his when he was back in the youth level. Even even his loans, he was actually unlucky with the Hoffenheim loan because I think he got injured when he was. He like banged like so many goals in his first few games, and then he got yeah. injured. Yeah, he was on like a crazy line. run. Where like he scored like every game or something, and they yeah. weren't just like tappings or anything. So they were goals. like top corners, proper goals, yeah, both footers. Yeah, I mean, so, I hopefully, hopefully he comes good because there is definitely a baller there, like without a doubt. But there's like a big transition from the youth levels to the main stage in the first team, and let's yeah. hope he can actually fulfil that transition because it's not the easiest. You know, they can look at Messi during because, as I said, I will be. If you've seen some of the stuff he was doing in the youth ranks, you think, how did he kind of end up how he is now? With all due respect. Yeah. But um, some people just can't make that transition. But um, I can't think of any other under-21 talents right now. 
I don't feel like let me just quickly Chen. I don't think um Chen is twenty one. I think he's he's twenty one like now, but his birthday is October, his twenty second birthday is October. Okay, so he's turning to so I mean we don't need to say too much about Chen. We'll probably get on to him when it comes to the next segment. Yes. Might as well go on to now. Um so we I was gonna do a season review and the team of the season. Um and I still will do the season review, but it'll just be a little thing where we chop it up like um some of the main teams like Arsenal, for example, Liverpool, uh United, Leicester, and just give them all like a little grading and just kind of discuss through them. But everyone wants to know about my team of the season selection. Everyone wants to know about your team of the season selection. So we'll fast forward the team of the season before the season review. And um, yeah, team of the season time. This is yes. This is what everybody's came for here for. You know. Yes. Well, let me just check my post because I'm getting grilled. I'm getting caught. I'm getting killed. Getting every single cinnamon you've got, I'm getting that. Like it's. <laughs> It's looking so peak in our comment section. I was this close to limiting it because, you know, my Big phone's man. blowing up and I can't take it no more. 300 Jesus. comments of 300. them just getting at me. I can't take it. So, we're it's here. It's such a touchy subject with people. Exactly. It's so funny just seeing how, like... I just had to. I just had to. Mm, I just like, had to. The thing about mm. the team of the season when it comes to stuff like this is, like, there is no context to it. So... Yeah. The way someone else would interpret it might not be how I meant it, but they've interpreted it that way and they're going to run with it that way. So, I feel like it's, I feel like I should do my team first. Just let me just get everything off my chest. So, in goal, I picked for the Premier League, the footballist Premier League 2019-20 EPL team of the season. I've got Edison. Now, this was a tight um, selection. As I said, there's no context this post, so no one will know my decisions. But the three in candidates for the uh, team of the season was Nick Pope, Bert Leno, and Edison. Now, the reason why I didn't opt for Leno, now he's like his save percentage is um, all the metrics you use for a goalkeeper have been at a very top level. And we deep the shoddy defense he's had in front of him, he's always been the guy to save us. You know, as much as someone like Obamia might have won us points. Um, someone like Leno has been someone who can save Arsenal many, many times this season. So, without um, before I go on, like a big shout out to Ben Leno. The only reason was he did get injured against Brighton and he did miss kind of the last, what, let's say, nine games, should I say? If yeah. that, eight games. Because obviously that's when Martinez just came in and he's had his little run. So, yeah. it would feel kind of unfair as i said there's all tight margins in it and the fact that he's missed that last section it's unfortunate but that's why burnt leno's missed it for me and then nick pope again another player of you it was extremely tight between him and edison obviously nick pope finished with 15 clean sheets one short of edison he won the golden glove so again a big shout out to nick pope the save percentage between him and edison both at, it's basically the same. I think there was like 0.2 in it or something. Both at 70% if you're around it up to the nearest number. Mad. That is mad though. Exactly. Even just in itself. So, again, another big shout out to Nick Pope. The only reason why I feel like Edison edges it because Edison's defence in front of him has not been the usual Man City defence that we, you know, associate with the Man City of recent because companies left, Laporte's injured. They've had people like Fernandinho have to be in that centre-back, not naturally a centre-back, a centre-defensive mid. You know, um, 
John Stones, mistake prone. Otamendi, mistake prone. He's had very solid defenders in front of him. Mm. And to be able to still reach 16 clean sheets and secure the golden gloves, I feel like he so has to edge it. Because then you look at Nick Paul. I know, and this might this probably might sound like a bit of an unpopular. I mean, it's not really unpopular, but it could come across that way. But the defense in front of Nick Paul is comfortably better than the defense that Man City have had this season. And I don't want to take too much away from Nick Paul, but it does help when you've got players like Ben Mee and Tarkovsky, and you're under that Burnley side who pride themselves of defending. Defense. Yeah. Exactly. So. That's the reason why Edison slightly edges it over Nick Pope and Bernd Leno, but those were the three in contention. And um, yeah, obviously, shout out to Dean Henderson, Allison. Allison got injured, so again, I can't really put him in. Like, as I said, there's fine margins and stuff like that. So you have to make the loss. And um, Dean Henderson, like, he's been solid as well. I, I, I haven't got too much bad to say on Dean Henderson. I just feel like the stats again don't really. <laughs> reach the level of the three in yeah. hand. But shout out to Dee Henderson, who's been killing it with Sheffield. A big reason to why they were on the UCL hunt this season. Mm. And, you know, they finished in their highest ever Premier League finish. Like, he's, he's done bits for them. So, um, that's the goalkeeper. Goalkeeper part sorted. Right back, right back goes without saying, you know, shout out to Pereira. He's been doing his thing at Leicester. But like the rest of Leicester side, kind of fell off in the second half of the season. Mm. Um... Aaron Wambasaka, you know, defensively he's been good. I saw a stat that nobody's made more tackles than him. So defensively, you never have any doubts about um, Aaron Wambasaka. But going forward, in the most respectful way possible, he's so average. Like, literally, he can't dribble. He can just about cross every now and then. Um, his skill set's very limited. I'm not trying to call on Aaron Wambasaka. I wish him the best and hopefully he can improve on that area. But, you know, we got to You can tell he's learning. You can tell he's learning. Yeah, there's definitely improvement there. Um, but as a modern-day right-back, you look at someone like Trent Alexander-Arnold. Trent Alexander-Arnold is levels. Yeah. 13 Premier League assists this season. He's, so, he's in his own league so much, he actually ended up breaking his own record with most assists right. for a defender um, that he set last season. Last season was set by him at 12 assists. He's broken mm. it with 13 assists this time. Um you know, there's Beautiful not really... assists as well. You know? Not, not little not little Bruno assists. Yeah. <laughs> Actual whipping the ball, back pole, you know, eye of the needle stuff, David Beckham, eat your R out, stuff like that. Literally. Big up Trent Alexander. And you know, I even spoken about the free kicks of what this guy does. Bro, <laughs> sniper time when it comes to free kicks. I think he's got like four free kicks now, two against Chelsea, different games. Um Oh, and that game against Leicester, he ran the oh, show. Man of the match. Word. So, you know, not not too much needs to be said about Trent. If you actually disagree with Trent being there, then, you know, I ain't got too much to say about you. Mm. I don't want to get personal. Van Dijk, again, another one. I'm, I, I don't need to say anything, really. He's, he's comfortably the best defender in the league, comfortably the best defender in Europe, comfortably the best defender in the world. Like, there's yeah. not too much that needs to be said. So swiftly moving on, Maguire. Now this, <laughs> this, this is the one that a hundred percent ruffled, rattled, rattled, twisted nipples. Like it, it got under people's skins. Like this was the one, and I understand. I'll give you guys the benefit of that. I understand. I'll be real. 
it, a part of me did not feel right putting Maguire in the side. I was thinking, I've been victim of trolling Maguire on my personal account. I, I'll be real, I, I have. But mm-hmm. when it came to actually like end of the season, looking at all the stats, Maguire did surprise me. I'll keep it real. Yeah. Now, Maguire, Do you know what? He's one of them guys where yeah. he doesn't look like a Van Dyke. He doesn't have that. What was Pereira saying? He was like, he doesn't have that arrogance, he doesn't have that like swagger about him. Aura, yeah. But in the fridge thing. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. No. I couldn't put him in mind, but I hundred percent see where you're coming from. Yeah, like my view on it this season, I feel like Bar Van Dijk, there has not been a single world class kind of defender in yeah. this league this season. I feel like in the respect like again in the most respectful way possible, Maguire was the best out of a bad bunch. And when I say Literally. bad bunch, I don't mean anyone's bad. I mean it's bad compared to previous levels. Look at last mm-hmm. season. You really would have to debate about this. It was obviously Van Dyke and Laporte in defense. You could even throw Joe Gomez in there and mm. there would be no debate. Previous seasons, you had your John Terry's, you had your Ferdinands and Village. Like it's never really been a debate. But yeah. this season, you know, best out of a bad bunch. So Maguire, he's the he's played every single minute for Manchester United this season. Um, never missed a game, never missed a minute. Always been there. Uh, he was made captain during the mid-season again. Captain C does hold a bit of pressure, especially for a big club like Man United. You a can new player. Exactly. New player. Obviously, the fees play in his mind, being the most expensive defender. I still stand to this day. He was he's not worth 80 million pounds, but everyone should know that Young United overpaid because Leicester arrival, they didn't need to sell. He wasn't in last year the contract and they needed him at that moment. So they overpaid for him. He's not worth mm-hmm. 80 more, but we keep it moving. However, that could play on his mind, and I don't really feel like it did play in his mind. Now nah, he's played every single minute this season. Um and every single minute to the United side who managed to get third, albeit it's not really been a best season for them. Again, this whole season has been a kind of if you're not Liverpool Man City you've just been the best out of a bad bunch if we're keeping it real respect Literally. but it's been an absolutely tragic season from start to finish from <laughs> most sides you know yeah facts so, um, he's played every minute for that um, United side in third um, let me just check the stats again let me because I don't want to uh, name I think it's one. something I think it's something about um, they've got having... the United do have the let me just check. So, is it the clean one. sheet thing? Yeah, they've got the third best defensive record in yeah, the league. Yeah, that's it. You know, only conceded thirty six goals. So, and I think what, the thing with Maguire is that mm. they needed um, they needed a marquee centre back. When yeah. Van when Liverpool did their thing with Van Dijk, <laughs> City splashed on the Porte. Um, I guess. Chelsea didn't really react. Arsenal didn't react. Spurs didn't react. Mm. Man United had to react. Yeah. Obviously, the thing, the thing that we've become um, victim to in this market is that we we too closely value, um, we too closely link the price and ability together. Yeah. But you're forgetting Leicester will fucking sell ice to Eskimos. Like they will charge any amount of money that they want and it's because Leicester obviously are a great team they're a great well-run business but they're rivals they're playing yeah they're playing at a very high level Mm. so that would that would be their that's their negotiation point Premier League proven 
you could argue, I don't know if you've seen, obviously you have seen reports that Ake is going to Man City. Yeah. An argument could be made, that's more of a robbery than the Maguire deal. Because Bournemouth have to sell. Like, there's no choice uh-huh. in the matter. They have to sell, like... And oh, shit, I forgot Bournemouth were relegated, man. Exactly. So, Jesus. they not only have to sell to raise funds, especially during this post-COVID-19 period, but his wages are just actually too expensive for them to, like, cover. So, they have to let go of him. So, the fact A that... clean 40 million as well. You know, 41 million, when you, you probably could have got him for, I don't know, 7 million. And it would have been the pattern. But, um, so, yeah, no... Um, they, he's been played every minute for United. They finished for third best defensive record in the league. He's top ten every single d- defensive metric in the Premier League. So when I say stuff like that, I mean like top ten in recoveries, top ten in interceptions, top ten in tackles one, top ten in aerial um, duels one. You know, it's all of those stuff, everything you need in the defender. Statistically, he's been in the top ten, um, and I think only Van Dijk's the only one you can say the same. And um, yeah, that's, what that's, I would say uh, for him is that he does need a he does a need part. a fast centre back next to him, a yeah. more agile centre back. Because yeah. he, no. if he gets spun, is peak. <laughs> he definitely has had his mistakes. Um, he actually hasn't had no errors leading to goals. But the eye test will tell you he's had his couple moments. Like um, if you remember the game against Bournemouth, where I think his junior Stanislas yeah, not made him. him. It was peak. But you know he's had he's had his odd moments, but I feel like he the hair has not helped him. By the way, because now, now I'm thinking about it, that Stanislas goal being at his near post never should have let that in. So um, again, that's the Spurs one. one where he buckled. Oh Berg yeah, going to shot it right at the hair. But then the hair will tell you, "Bruv, this is what I'm dealing with in front of me." Yeah, so it goes both ways. It just goes both ways. I, I feel like it's probably more blame on the hair this this season, though, specifically because the hair has definitely been someone I've rated. I, 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 I said he was the best goalkeeper in the world at one point, and I still say at that period he was. Mm-hmm. And I won't, I won't back down on that. But this season, unfortunately, fell off. So that is another. Do point. you know what's mad? Now I think, now I'm thinking about that. So what if the hair was at his 17, 18 standard? Yeah. Maguire would have way better stats. Definitely. I, I feel like if, if he was at 17, 18 to hill, I feel like the, the selection of me putting Maguire there probably would not be in question. Yeah, you're right. I'm th- now I'm thinking about it. So, because I don't remember any mistakes. No, not any of the like, United centre backs made that year. Because the hair was there to clean it up. Mm. Yeah, no. Yeah. So, I never thought of it like that. The hair has been a bit shoddy. And he hasn't actually had a consistent partner um, beside him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, as of recent, it's been Lindelof, but there's been times where I mean, even Lindelof himself, many Man United fans will tell you this season he's been a bit poor. Um, Bailey, 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 whatever. Um, he's had his off games um, every now and then, and then again, he's always been injured, so there's never really been a consistent partner besides uh, Maguire. And the fact that he's been the consistent figure in that side throughout from start minute first to minute last, and they've got the third best defensive record. Like, I feel like whether you like Maguire or not, it's extremely hard to argue against him. Now, mm-hmm. I will put my uh, alternatives in there because, as I said, context is needed with team this season. You need to know who was close. Now, mm-hmm. shout out to Tarkovsky, for example. Mm-hmm. Solid in that <laughs> um, Burnley side. 
again another he's probably touched touching 17 18 levels when he first broke up with Burnley yeah. um, might even eclipse it like this season he's been solid him and Ben Mee but I'd say Tarkovsky has been the better one out of the two but them two I mean again it's, I don't really want to use this as, as an excuse but it does help when you play for a Burnley side who as I said they pride themselves of defending defending yeah. first attacking later defence versus attack and then you've got United with all due respect to Oli he's done what he's done but he doesn't strike me as someone who prides himself of defending as a Sean Dyche does mm-hmm. as a Chris Wilder does who my other selection would have been Basham or Egan you know shout yeah. for both of them I couldn't decide. I wouldn't be able to decide between them. I, if I had to pick between the two Sheffield defenders, I would probably pick Egan, only because he's kind of he's the one he's kind of the sweeper in that defense, the one in the middle, kind of on the ball most of the time. So he holds most of the pressure. But again, Basham and oh, I can't remember the other guy on the other side. But them two are like the overlapping centre backs. You go yeah. one month. So they're name? both Lundstrom. Yeah, Lundstrom. Was it? Yeah. So they both kind of do their own kind of bits in their own way in that Sheffield United side so I feel like those were my only selections at centre back I can't think of, obviously I had oh yeah I, I mentioned this guy Soyuncu now he's came up a lot I'm looking in those comments and I'm seeing Soyuncu a lot and arguments could be made to, for Tarkovsky arguments could be made for Egan or any of the other names I just mentioned I'm not trying to hear no arguments for Soyuncu if we're doing a team of the season up until January Cool. He would 100% been in my team of the season if it was up until January. Since 100%. January, like this left side, they fell off. You know, how are you bottling a 14-point lead? Like, you Mad. were challenging Liverpool for second and now you're finishing fifth. Like, he's bottled it. He's fell off this season um, in the second half. And when, he got, when he got messed up by, um, what's his name? Was it Solanke? Or, it was oh a Bournemouth player. It is Solanke, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Got messed up. He got rattled as well. He kicked him. Um, and I don't want to put the blame on him. Off. But, you know, they could have got... All they needed was an extra win um, after that game. But he let the player get into his head. His immaturity kicked in. And he got himself sent off. And they've had to play two... I want to say two because obviously Johnny Evans is experienced. But they had to play an inexperienced centre-back beside Johnny Evans. I think they played Bennett. Um played in, in the, the key, the, the penultimate game which decided the Champions League against United. Now, yeah. albeit, they weren't that bad defensively on that day, Leicester, but I don't know. I just feel like you can't... He's had his moments where he's been amazing, but second half of the season, he's fell off and a bit of immaturity has um, come out of him. And again, this is not me like trying to disrespect Soyuncu because I feel like, again, next he's season class. we go again. But, Potential yeah. is there. He can be one of the best... And this season was just a taster. Let's hope we can build on from it. But as it stands right now, I don't quite know if he's team of the season worthy if we're talking about a whole season. Mm-hmm. And a player I've always picked up is Joe Gomez. Mm-hmm. Um, again, if it was up until, I'd say on Joe Gomez's case, let's say up until February, or let's just say before lockdown, mm-hmm. him and Van Dijk, elite partnership I've said this many times like there was a record like they only conceded like one goal in like um, a thousand minutes or something crazy. crazy so them two great partnership um, but post lockdown I don't know if it's because Liverpool are on the beach I don't know mm. if it's because Henderson still drank you know 
still off there. Still off there, and he's still. But he's been a bit shoddy since lockdown. Yeah. And as I said, when it comes to these positions, there's fine margins in it. And mm. unfortunately, Joel Gomez missed out on it. But you know, that's what everybody came to hear. That's my reason for Maguire. You take it or leave it. Um, be sure to let me know what you think in the comments. Now I've debunked all of the bullshit I saw in the comments. But um, <laughs> we keep it moving. Uh, left back, uh, I've got Andy Robertson. Again, not my, you don't really need to speak too much about the players. 12 assists to his name. Best left back in the league. Um, shout out to Digne doing his thing. Chilwell would have been someone you could say is on par with Robertson last season. He's fell off this season. Unfortunately, he's not been the same Chilwell. And, you know, the £60 million fee that's getting thrown about, I feel like he might need to just regain that old form. If, we're, if you're going to be talking about those kind of fees, I don't know if we've seen the same Chilwell that, you know, the Chilwell we know can be the best left back in the league. So, and then someone like Saka, again, he done well left back, but obviously, ultimately it's not his primary, it's left back primary is not his position. And, um, he actually, towards the end of the season, actually didn't actually play like left back that much. Obviously, Tini came back, so he only played. It'll be about, a bit unfair. To, it'll be a bit unfair to just put him in there. Him in there. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, I can't think of any other left backs. Man City, do they even have a left back? Like their situation, <laughs> that left back's still a bit mad. <laughs> Chelsea, joke to their joke centre backs. Zinchenko, sorry, is not a joke, but Ben Mendy, right? Oh, it's actually embarrassing. It's it's pretty about. sad if we're being real because he was so good in that in um, Pep's first title winning season at first. Then mm. obviously he had his injury, and I don't know what happened to this guy. He's just obviously he's always injured, always injured. But now Was he's he kind injured of, this year. Yeah, at the beginning of the season. Then he's, uh, he's only. I was going to say because he's he's had his whole year. He's had a whole year to improve. Remember people taking the piss like, oh, my man's claiming the titles and he didn't even do anything. Yeah. He had like a year to prove that like, no, I was just on a was on the recovery thing, but Jesus. Yeah, nah. He's played, he's been about for about actually I don't know the exact amount, but I'm pretty sure I've seen him in that city side for about the past three months now. Or yeah. three months worth of games, should I say. And yeah. he's just been dodgy as ever. Like I don't know how this has happened, but it's happened. And um yeah. So there aren't really much left backs that can really say anything to Andy Robertson so he's my left back now I'm running with a four I mean this formation can be what you want it to be it can be a 4-2-2-2 it can be a 4-4-2 or it can be a 4-2-4 whatever whatever floats anyone's boat when they're listening you roll with that but um, there's two centimetre pivots in this side um, Kevin De Bruyne again no, not much needs to be said the most productive player in the Premier League the player of the season whether the writers want to agree with me or not uh, mm-hmm. 33 goal involvements um, he equaled the assist record set by you know the King Thierry Henry 20 mm-hmm. assists I haven't actually seen the supposed assist that he got robbed but apparently he could have had an extra two assists on top of that which would have comfortably been the lead way of the assist record um, on top of the assists, he's actually banged goals as well. Free kicks, long range, top corner, left corner, bottom corner. He does it all. 13 goals. Like, right. well, I mean, 13 it's more goals, than Lacazette, bro. It's crazy. It's all mad. You know, 13 goals for a midfielder in itself. Like, like forget about the assists for a second. For a midfielder to get 13 goals, that's a very, very solid return. Um, so, 
again, yeah, like again, these players, we don't need to say too much. If you're actually disputing Kevin De Bruyne being in the team this season, stop watching football, sir. You know, yeah. I don't really think it's sports for you. No. Uh, so we'll move on to Henderson. Now, Henderson is a player who's had his controversy, you know. Um, I feel like he's not the player of the season this season. Um, but I highly, highly, highly respect what he's done this season. Um, I respect how... Well, we'll just get into Henderson now, really. He is a very, very key figure in the side, whether people want to appreciate him or not. He's an elite captain. Comfortably the best captain in this league. Um, he's a big reason why Liverpool are mentally where they are at right now. There's been many players who speak of him very highly, of what he does in the change room. He takes all the responsibility. He leads the way as the captain of Liverpool. So he knows where it is to be. You know, the captain of the club. Like He's taken over from Steven Gerrard. There's big beats to fill. I'm not saying he's Steven Gerrard's level, but he knows the... The, the weight that the badge holds for Liverpool FC. So as a captain, he's been impeccable. Now, you can't chat about Jordan Henderson as a captain. As a player, he keeps it simple. He keeps it moving, you know. Um, he keeps the ball flowing from defence to attack, being that transition player. Um, he's chipped in with key goals as well. Not As I said, he's not the most prolific when you compare him to someone like the Brainer, but some of the goals he's chipped in with have been at key moments. He's got a net for coming in just when they need to go at the key moment. Yeah. And um, yeah, he has a 90% win record, the most in the Premier League. And you've seen when Henderson's injured, when he's not in the side by any means, whether it's a suspension or whatever, Liverpool crumble. Like, the proof's in the pudding. You saw against Arsenal, you saw against Man City, you saw against Atletico, you saw against Watford. It's no coincidence Facts. that all these games that Henderson has missed, they not only just lose, but maybe they crumble. They're not the same, you know? His presence... Is that crumbling as well, which is so surprising? Literally. Like, it's, it's not even a one-off, as I said. This is multiple times, and who knows? We might see it more often in the future. If he, obviously, I'm not wishing that he gets injured or anything, but if he gets injured again, we will see again, and we'll see again. We'll see, like, what kind of figure he is into the But time. even, even um, getting... Because... Yeah, he's obviously a professional footballer, but he's not the most talented. That's, peop that's the thing people peg him down with. Mm. But this whole thing of like, yeah, buying Thiago, all of this, he could get... So you can't... You, you sorry, can't sorry. You could get, um, he could get like played out the team by like just talent alone. Yeah. No, definitely, like, it's, it's time, it, like, when he comes to, as a player, if we're talking about ability, I'm not going to sit here and say he's, his ability is on par with um, Pogba and De Bruyne, but he does what he can in this Liverpool side. He's what you, he's the perfect example of a system player. Mm -hmm. He looks amazing in this Liverpool system and he works well. And mm -hmm. whether he looks well in this Liverpool system but will look shit in another system, that's up for debate. But we're talking about this Liverpool system this season and he's done well this season. So if we're talking about this season, you have to give Henderson his credit. But yeah, as I said, ability-wise, yeah, yeah, I, I don't want to kind of shit on him too hard because I want to give him the credits that he deserves because I feel like he doesn't get it. Other than Liverpool fans, no one's really giving him the credit he deserves. You know, yeah. Bar Van Dyke, 
an argument could be made for Salah and Firmino. He's probably Liverpool's most important player. Like, if we're talking about importance to a side, you know, he's probably their most important player. So, we'll keep it moving because I don't want to spend too much time on everything. We've got a lot to get through because we still got your team as well. But we'll move on to the wide midfielders. Now, uh, Grealish, I've got him on the left. Uh, so, another player who slightly ruffled a couple of feathers in that comment section, which I'm very surprised. They got to start respecting Jack Grealish. They got to start respecting Jack Greasy. He pulled off the great comeback. Like, the great escape. They were, they were literally rated 7% chance two weeks ago to survive. And they've somehow pulled it off. Man of the match performances, week in, week out. He's, their link, he's the key in that um, side. Captain Fantastic. The skipper leads the way, the driving force in that side. He's the one who takes charge, drives with the ball, goes for it. He's like, I'm not accepting a loss. I will go down. He's always getting fouled because he's putting himself in those positions to make something happen in that Villa side. Yeah, Second most chances. That's crazy. Crazy. Like, always getting fouled. He's also created the second most chances, obviously, behind the Brainer. There's no shame in falling second to the Brainer. That guy is elite out of this world. But, mm. you know, I think he created 91 chances or something like that. As I said, second to the Brainer. When you're doing that all in an Aston Villa side, which are on the brink of relegation, not really much creativity in that side. You've got um, the strikers aren't really hitting form like, um, you know, as a, a good striker would, you know. He hasn't yeah. really got someone there to actually feed off and kind of, uh, how can I put this, like, finish off his chances that he creates. Yeah. So I feel like Just Jack Greenish is the guy. And, you know, he's got the source about him. He's got the aura about him. He's just that guy. Eight goals in um, this season. Ten assists. No, eight goals and six assists. Ten goals in all competitions. But we're just speaking on Premier League specifically. Um, and many people question why I put him on the left. I don't feel like people actually understand this. Of course, he can play central. But most of the games for Aston Villa, he actually starts on the left. He's a player who likes to drift in inside. Yes. Yeah. But he's primarily started as a left winger. So I've got him on the left in the side. Again, context needed. Shout out to your Sadio Mane's. He just missed it. I just feel like I don't... If This is just me personally, you know, but I kind of don't want my side just to be filled with title winners. And again, it's a bit, it's always been, it's a hard decision for me overall because I kind of, I want to give everyone a fair chance. I don't want someone like Jack Grealish to miss out on the side just because his side didn't win the league or get Champions League or something like that. I want everyone to kind of be included in their own right. So yeah, the way um, Jack Grealish played a big part for Aston Villa securing um, survival might mean as much to Villa fans and Jack Grealish himself as winning the league is to Liverpool. Obviously, I'm not saying like winning the league is the same as surviving relegation, but there's different levels to each team, you know. Exactly, with the resources and shit. You know? So, big up Jack Grealish each and every time. He's made my, my team this season. Shout out to Sadio Mane. Um, we're moving on to the right. I got Mohamed Salah. Again, my Mohamed Salah prop will never stop. You know, so I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but we, we keep it moving. <laughs> he is so underrated. He's so underappreciated and he's so overhated. Now, obviously, there are a large people, amount of people out there who do recognise Mohamed Salah as the elite player he is. But I just don't feel like he's actually getting the respect he deserves. Like, 
when we're deep in it, this is his worst season statistically. And he still ended up with the second most goal contributions. Again, falling short to Kevin De Bruyne. No, no shame in falling short to him. He's in his own world right now. So, 29 goal contributions. That's 19 goals and 10 assists. Many people were telling me to put Raheem Sterling. Again, Raheem Sterling's my guy. He's always someone I'll look out for and I'll prop and I'll give him everything he needs in due course. But a lot of his goals came after lockdown when the time the league was pretty much sealed and done. And those goals were good. They meant what they meant. But when it was crunch time, unfortunately, when you compare him to someone like Salah, he just kind of falls behind. You got Mohamed Salah bagging against Tottenham, bagging against Arsenal, against Man City, against Man United. He trumps in the big games and he also does it in the small games. Only three players have finished the season with double digits, goals and assists. Mohamed Salah is one of them. He'll miss stones the other one. Obviously, Kevin De Bruyne. But, you know, 10 assists, um, 19, 19 goals, only four short of the golden boot, which would have been his third in a row. Um, I just feel like he's so underappreciated. If I'm yeah. Like there was actually so much people questioning, why did you put Mohamed Salah? Why did you do that? Like, bro, this guy is a very, very key figure in this Liverpool side, and I feel like he's a, one of those players who will only get appreciated once he leaves. Hundred percent. Like he will go down. I'll say this to my chest, it's a bold statement, but he will go down when he leaves as one of the greatest attackers to ever play in the Premier League. You know, he holds he holds the goal-scoring record, for example. No player has scored more goals in a 38-game season than Mohamed Salah. That's 17-18. The guys, obviously, Champions League's kind of excluded, but he led that Liverpool side to the Champions League, bagged in the final, bagged in most of the knockout games as well. Um, you look at his season... He's led them to the um, Premier League title, one of the most successful. Have your thoughts on this Liverpool side. Statistically, they are 99 points, one of the best Premier League sides of all time. Statistically, obviously, when we, when we get into that debate, they probably don't fall into the past of the Invincibles, the 08 United, um, the Man City sides of the past couple of years. But they're up there, let's say top five, maybe top six. And he's been a key figure in that Liverpool side. So... Let's see how he does next season. I feel like if he manages to maintain this, le- this level one more season, I feel like there shouldn't be any debate. One of the best players to ever grace the Premier League. But um, yeah, that's my little that's my little rant on Mohamed Salah. Big up yourself, Momo. <laughs> I'm here for you. I've got your back. Here's Trim. He's in. Here's Trim. Oh yeah, yeah. That's crazy, man. It's, 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 I don't feel like it's actually sunken in. Like he's got, <laughs> had this little mop. <laughs> Uh, and then now he's got a skin fade Mohamed Salah I don't think the Premier League is ready if you thought yeah. what you thought was bad bro well, he might touch what 35 goals next season hey they're not ready but um, no nah, that, that tune I'm, I still need to get used to it to be honest yeah, it's going to be mad seeing that running down the wing not yeah. used to the, the usual mop hit that he we became accustomed to but um, yeah, that's Mohamed Salah on the right. I don't feel like I've forgotten anyone major that should have been in contention on the right. If I do, then I'll probably come back to it later on. Now, the two up top, again, ruffled a lot of feathers. Uh, before I get on to why I picked these two, shout out to Danny Ings. Danny mm-hmm. Ingzagi is what they're calling him now. Big up him. You know, he's been <laughs> doing his thing. Like... <laughs> 
Um, yeah. 22 100%. goals this season. I say he, he didn't really come out of nowhere. Obviously, everyone's known about Danny Ings from his Burnley days, signed for Liverpool. But he's just never really had that run of games and run of form because of injuries, unfortunately. He's managed to stay mm. injury through this season. And boy, who knew he was such a sharp shooter when he's like not injured? Plus. You know, 22 goals. I've looked, I've looked at the stats. He's extremely clinical, which could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. He's exceeded his um, expected goals by seven goals. So basically, long story short, he was expected to by score. By seven? Yes. <laughs> Crazy. Like, he was expected to Man. score 15 goals this season, ended on 22. Um, I saw something crazy like, um, let's go on to... Yeah, so Do you think top, that's the one-on-ones? Yeah, definitely. And he's like, I don't want to discredit him a lot, but he does pounce on a lot of errors. But it's, it's not really a bad thing like that because that comes down to instinct, positional awareness. That's a benefit in its own right. Yeah. Reaction, He's like all of a big man. How old yeah. is he again? Yeah. He's, He's one of like my favourite strikers. Yeah, definitely. Except the fact he loves a goal versus Arsenal, but That's all. his record against the top six is mad. Yeah, man. Let's hope like, he can stupid crazy maintain that because... I don't want him to just go down as one of those one season wonders because the amount of one season wonders we've had in this league, you can hold, you can make a whole book on it. Hmm. One player come out one season, they score like twenty goals. A couple seasons, like Ben Teke, for example, he, he, that one season he was insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he quite even score five goals in the season, but um, he he was still find a way to score against Arsenal every season though. But you know, we move. Yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, no, Danny Ings, one short of the Golden Boot, most goals in Europe, excluding penalties. Again, like that that record in itself. I mean, I don't know if that record still stands because I don't know what happened in the league, Serie A yesterday, um, regarding Immobile. But when I was writing these stats two days ago, um, he was actually the most, the top scorer, excluding penalties in Europe. As I said, he exceeded his, so he exceeded his expected goals massively. So, that either tells me he's extremely clinical or might have been a bit lucky. And because when it comes to stuff like this, his expected goals is he's due to regress and actually reach those. I can't see him outperforming his expected goals for another whole season. I don't know. It's, I mean, if he does, then all, all, all fair play to him, you know, expected goals is in the mud. Like it don't actually mean anything, but. I feel like he will eventually regress and go back to his normal state. Um, but, you know, as I said, if we're talking about this season specifically, he's done his thing this season. Um, and yeah, there ain't really too much to say on him, you know. He's done his thing, um, led Southampton to a comfortable finish after that. Bit of a rocky start, um, you know, including that 9-0 freshman. Yeah, it was peak. <laughs> it was peak. But the reason why I edged Vardy and Aubameyang over them I have my reasons uh, so we'll start on Aubameyang Aubameyang a player unlike Danny Ings has not been a central striker for the whole season Aubameyang's mm-hmm. played central striker he's played right wing he's played left wing mm-hmm. he's not had a consistent run of games in his preferred position uh, he's been under three no he's been under three managers this season Two of them were a bit dysfunctional. You could make an excuse for Freddie saying he's inexperienced. He he was just an interim anyway. It's cool. But Unai Emery, the lesser about that guy, the better. You know, but he was under Unai Emery and 
He was played Aubameyang got left back. You know, I feel like he, he wanted to. He wanted to. Three at the back, have him as a wing back. I wouldn't put that past Emery in the slightest. That guy was a... I, the less said about that guy, the better. Yeah. But, um... No, like... Um... So, yeah. Being on the three managers, um, being on a dysfunctional system at Arsenal under United Emery. Um... 22 goals this season, only falling one short of the Golden Boot, um, which is obviously occupied by Jamie Vardy, which we'll get on to. But um, 22 goals. Um, he's, he's carried us. If we're talk, if there was a runner-up for kind of most important goals this season, um, like, I don't know if there is a runner-up, but his goals have saved us wins. Or, no, sorry, won us games. His goals have scraped us draws. Like, I, there's been a very, very rarely he actually scores a consolation goal where the team is 3 0 up and then Aubameyang gets to the four, four. The team is comfortable, or it might be the last um, dying moments of the game. We're already 1 0 up. Aubameyang makes it 2 0. It's never really you know been what? like that. Do you know what? About that, he's one of them guys where how many, I don't think he has, I don't think he has a Premier League hat trick. I think. No, nah, he must go. No, nah, he definitely got one. I think he got one against Everton. Did he? But that was time ago. That was time ago. But are you talking about hat trick this season? Yeah. Uh, this season, I don't actually think he does. Yeah, he's one of them guys where he scores two. He scores two goals that wins you the game. Mm. And then he's so like, I don't want to say unselfish, but he has so many braces. Like it's mad to think about how many braces he has. Just to just like he scores important important goals. Very important goals. He, he's not obviously. I was going to say he doesn't score tappings. He he his position his bis, positioning sorry is his positioning is elite next level next he's level finishing is elite and you know the whole tapping stuff as you said a tapping itself should not be a discredit. It shows good positioning, good yeah, instinct, good everything. But he's actually scored some very good goals this season. We're talking about free kicks. We're talking about top bins. We're talking about very good finesse shots uh, mm-hmm. in the 1v1s. We're talking about bicycle kicks. Mm-hmm. Like, this guy scored a, an array of goals this season. Shout out to him being the captain as well, coming in. Obviously, what happened with Granit Xhaka was an unfortunate situation. It's nice to see Granit Xhaka turn it around eventually. But to be a captain and still lead your side after all that happened, you know, it could have, as I said with Maguire, it could have easily just fumbled when you're given that kind of pressure for a big club. Mm. But he's taking it on the chin, good vibes on the side. And yeah, I feel like it was extremely tight between all three strikers, but Aubameyang just edges it because of that, those reasons. And uh, in the other position, obviously, is Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy, along with other key Leicester players, the spearhead to why Leicester were in a UCL hunt where they were chasing Liverpool down at one point. It was his goals. Because like, one thing I noticed about, and it's kind of like with um, Aubameyang, it's like, if you take these guys out of the side, he also is getting goals for, the, for them. Yeah, exactly. Like, obviously, Madison might cut chipping with a nice little free kick or a long ranger. Ayose Perez might be here and there, maybe Ian Acho with his old goal, but Ultimately, when when we look at the goal scoring charts, I'm pretty sure Vardy is clear of the rest of his Leicester players. So an integral part in this Leicester side. Um, obviously, we can't exclude the fact that, as I said, there's tight margins, and when you've got someone like Vardy 
who has won the Golden Boot. Stuff like that will just edge it, just that little bit. Um, obviously, he went on this slight little drought during Christmas time, but you know, he made up for it um, post lockdown. And just imagine if he was banging during that drought, he would have bro. had like 30 goals, bro. Oh, yeah. Another forgot a point I forgot to make about Bremian. Remember when he got sent off against uh, Crystal Palace? Yeah. So he's Bad actually missed three games of the season. Obviously, I don't even think that was a red card, but you know, Arsenal always gets shagged by these referees. It's just normal stuff at this point. So yeah, they were easy games. Not easy games, but they were winnable I games. The, other than the Chelsea game, there were definitely winnable games after that red card. But yeah. again, he missed three games. If he had those three games, he definitely would have at least got once. Once is enough to at least you for the golden boot record. No, yeah, record I felt bad season. for him this year. Yeah, so he's had so much stuff going his way and to still cop up, what, 22 goals? Nah, I couldn't leave out of man. Best strike in the league right now, bar none. I said what I said. Um, but, yeah, I didn't actually make a bench because when it comes to me making my kind of XI posts, it's like, I don't, like, I the way I make my graphic is just, I can't be bothered to rearrange everything just to make a bench. It's a so, bit much anyway. I'm not going to lie. Benches, like, it's obviously nice in theory, but... Yeah, because then there's actually... That's when shit gets all deep or like... Because there's... Yeah. If we're talking about a bench, there's many players you could be... But, bro, most of the people I've named as the alternatives to make out the bench, basically. Mm. Probably shout out to Martial. Um, he's found his shooting boots this season. Um, shout out to Aguero. He only finished on 16 goals this season, but I believe... Other than Aubameyang or something like that, he has actually the best goal-to-game ratio or goal goals per 90 minutes out of anyone in the league. So, shout yeah, out to his him. injuries are peak. Yeah. But, um, shout out to Sterling. Yeah, as I said, all the alternatives I've made for all these positions. Um, shout out to these guys, but that's my that's my team of the season. That's my reasoning. I know a lot of people got a lot of stuff to say on it. Um, I'll be posting on Instagram again, so... Be sure to let me know what you think there. If I post it on YouTube, you know, the vibes, just drop it in the comments. But without further ado, I'm going to swing you over to Dave, the co-host, and we'll run through his team of the season. It's that time, bro. Yep. So, I've got um, a similar team. Mm. The core of our teams are the same. So, in goal, I went with Leno personally because, obviously... I do watch a lot of football, but firsthand, seeing Leno just... He's been insane this season. It's like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but... I think he goes into the games knowing that he has to, he has to be the man of the match for us to get a result. Especially this season. Because I did not think he had any trust in that back line. Even when he was passing, when they were doing the whole passing out from the back... It was the most reluctant passes I've ever seen in my life. But he was he's such an excellent shot stopper. Like that is his, yeah. his distribution. The thing with Martinez, I think what Martinez has done is kind of shown they're both incredible keepers. But I think it's shown the slight difference between them. Mm. I think Martinez's distribution is why is is a slightly better. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I wouldn't even put that partially. Like his distribution, it surprised me so much. It's like 
for 10 whole years, we've had this guy in our Has he, He's played, he's played Premier League games, now. but he wasn't all that to do. Yeah, but he's just, yeah, he played one night at the cup games, for example, but he was just never given that chance. Yeah. I remember he, he done bits for Reading last season. Um, but it's like, he's just, we've had oh, to the deal guy with was like five can't even catch a ball and then that ended up costing the game. Literally. Literally. He was literally, literally. only good for that chance. Honestly. Oh, Spina. That's all he was good for. And then obviously, Czech, you know, he had his good moments in his first season, but That's overall, that game sucks. Um, I'll it keep it real. You know the ones when they go to the MLS, but he's doing it fucking down the road because he wanted to stay in London. Yeah. Anyway. We were his kind Let's of twilight. So that. You know the pilot was great, but um, yeah, no. We, but yeah, no. We've had Emmy on our ranks for all those years, and but yeah, no. His distribution is better than yeah. Lemon's. But, but both actually have what I was saying, what I would say about that is right. that apparently but, we have a good goalkeeper coach. I saw that on Twitter. But it will only improve both of them. That level of mm. one thing I love about having squad depth, and if I was a manager, what I would aim is that competition between the two players. Is is say that yeah. again exactly one hundred percent. Keep seven on the toe. One hundred percent, and it only it only breeds improvement because if these players are if these players are good pros and that they're competitive, you can't seeing that seeing that other guy's name on the team sheet has to piss you off, and that only improve that only breeds better goalkeeper. So yeah, Leno. Um, yeah, all due respect to the other guys. I probably would put Nick Pope second because he's playing for Burnley and these guys obviously yeah. defensively strong but very easy. If if Burn if Burnley concede, if they lose a game, nah, I heard all my days, what the hell? And the fact that he got them they were above Arsenal at one point. Where did they, did they finish ninth? They had a really high finish. And um, yeah, I believe so. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no, finished Bernie finished 10th, yeah, but they were level on points with Sheffield, to be fair. But yeah, yeah. Mm. So, it was so all due respect to him. Um, centre-back, obviously I'll go with Van Dijk. The second centre-back, I've had a big problem with Premier League centre-backs and what you were saying about the best of a band bunch and how after Van Dijk, the quality is it's just... It's embarrassingly bad, and you know the thing. Yeah, yeah. When I it's think not that level. Other leagues and stuff, I do think. Obviously, my I put Premier League as the best league in the world, but our defenders compared to like the likes of Ran, the likes of um, Delict and Chiellini, the Italian guys, even even some German centre backs and French. It's not of the. It's not the Premier League is not. Mm. They're obviously amazing that they're dealing with. I don't say better attackers, but they're dealing with more intense games. Playing out from the back has become more of a culture here. But that drop off after Van Dyke, obviously it was filled by Laporte. He was sadly injured, but even when he's come back, he's not. He's not. Um, He's not a one-man centre-back, if that makes sense. Like, he does need someone pretty decent behind, next to him. So, I would say... I was... I did... 
I've resorted to stats on this one. I'm not really a stats person. Um, I don't mean to interrupt you. I was just on Twitter now. Come this on. is all breaking news. Um, keep keep your thought in your mind when you're about to go into your options. Saudi Arabia public investment funds. Uh, long story short, they, they're not going to ban Newcastle now. Oh, that is damn. We we had a dream. Come, we're meant to be, you know. Yeah, no, nah, it's just been confirmed. I just want to let you know. News, but, breaking um, news. Yeah, you can go um, back to. Yeah, so I resort to stats. My favorite stats site is Who Scored, and they gave Tarkovsky the he had the best average rating of a game. And ratings are a bit, a bit higgy, but for centre backs, mm. I think they're good because. No, but I rate, I rate who scores one because the ones I don't rate. I mean, you know, hopefully they don't at me, but transfer marks. Yeah, I, I feel like their stats are stats a bit marks. dodgy. Like one of their stats is, one of their stats is like penalty one. Um, like if you win a penalty, yeah. that counts as an assist on their specific website. That's why you saw something crazy. I can't remember what player it was. I can't remember who it was. There was a player that um, I really can't remember who it was, but they were saying like he got an assist, like <laughs> 230 assists or something like that. Yeah, maybe. I think it was Benzema, if I'm right. One of those players, but obviously the stats yeah. came from that website. It's just like, that's obviously not true. On average, what? Yeah, that's mad. That's nearly 20 assists a season. Allow it, man. Yeah. So I like the fact that you used two scores. So um, much more reliable. Yeah, they had they gave him. A, he had an average rating of seven point nine. So the fact that yeah he is playing for Burnley side mm. and he's been recognised as being very consistent. He has good obviously numbers. He was mentioned above, so he's not. I'm not just plucking from. Midair, so I would go with him, and that is more of like an appreciation shown type of type of thing. Just to, it, it kind of is an indicator to the rest of the league to come on, like improve your centre back level. Maguire, obviously, he did transform Man United. He cost yeah. a lot of money, but so yeah. wait, who's your selections? Then is it Tarkovsky Right back, I just tried to be different. I would 100% go with Trent. I would not disagree with anyone who chose Trent. I did put Pereira, only because when I was thinking about it, Mm. he did get injured. I think he was... Yeah, no, definitely. Like, Because I've done a team of the season with my guy, Samo Vesicki. We did. We were very close to putting Pereira in at that point, but obviously, yeah. not only did Leicester so play, I, but he I don't himself wanna, got injured as well. I'm just that's just more of a shining a light on him. I would put Trent. I would not argue with Trent, but Pereira. I think he was class. I put him in the underrated. The last time we did a pod, so put him in this left back. Mm. Go, go further than Robertson. Assists, defensive contribution, speed, and the recovery. Just one thing I would say about him is more yeah. of a personal gripe. I think his aggression could get, I don't know, he could get, he could become a bit um, highly carded. I don't know if that's going to be a problem. I don't think he's ever got a red card, but it's good at some stages, but it could get a bit out of control, especially because 
I don't think Liverpool will be as dominant as they were. And when you're the aggressor and when you're dominant, you kind of do get away with certain things. But if you're if you're going to be starting to chase games and people are going to start targeting you, I think it could get dangerous. But that's that is neither here nor there. Robertson, best left back. The midfield, I went with the same as you. Actually, you know, wait, this is where my team's slightly different. So, Holden, obviously, formations and that is a bit vague. I put Henderson. Best captain in the league. They're, Liverpool are just a different outfit when they're not with him. Premier League winner, Champions League winner last year, carrying Liverpool effectively on his... Not on his... He's not carrying them on his back, but he, he is the on field where he has to motivate these guys to keep going every single game he is a key figure it's underrated in quality yeah underrated quality. that's the best way to describe him that's that, that, that's kind of how someone like yeah Roy Keane would describe like kind of like Sir Alex on the yeah. pitch they're not there because obviously the managers cannot be on the pit he's there you can't run away exactly. from me like I am in so, manager as my two in the field, I would put De Bruyne up as yeah, no. league, ugly and ugly, arguably in the world. On left centre mid, I would put Grealish. He does obviously play on the left. He can play in midfield, but he effectively carried Aston Villa. Um, his stats, he was say, I think he even said in an interview, his stats may not have reflected that as much. I think... Um, their ringer, what's his name? Trezeguet. He was starting to get more of the goals, but best believe Grealish was involved somehow. Chances created, like you said. It's a lot carrying a, a team like that. Obviously, his connection to the city, to the club. But it's a lot carrying a team where you're pretty much the only ball-carrying creative spark. Yeah. And I think even when they were playing Arsenal, you could you could see that players like this are hard to come by like just someone that will run and just give you a chance and bring the ball to ease the pressure like that easing the pressure and then my front three so mm. I put Aubameyang on the left he has played on the left but I would probably rather my striker carried Arsenal second top goal scorer not much to say about him Vardy up top Top goal scorer should have got way yeah. more. His poor drought, sadly, Leicester did not. Yeah, they bowled the Champions League, which was a bit a bit shameful to be fair. But top goal scorer, you can't really put past him. The way he scores against big teams. Yeah, obviously, it's, bar, um, crazy crazy numbers. I do think he was records? only. He only started against them 14, 2014. Literally. Yeah. I love him as a striker. You know, he's so the much. ultimate rags to riches story. He's just there's just that speed and the composure on on his finishes as well. Wonderful. And then on the right, this mm. obviously doesn't form formationally make sense, but I did put Sadio Mane. And that is only because I needed him in this team. I think he is. I think he's world class. I think he's 
oh, I just can't I can't even think of the words to describe him. The fact that he is not he's not the most glamorous of players. He's not um I don't know. I just think he's so effective. And I think he was he his goals are big, big goals. Like you were yeah. saying, he's not he's not scoring the fifth goal of the game. He's scoring the first. He's scoring the second goal. He's scoring the deciders, headers, bangers, beautiful goals. Yeah, he scores bangers as well. Literally, he's like a he's like if we're talking about a player, so, yeah. you describe physically so strong and fun. he's up there as one of the ultimate players. Like he's powerful, strong, yeah, exactly. pacey. Exactly. Like he's got everything you'd want in a winger. He's elite. He only just missed out on man. I, as I said, I just wanted to kind of add a bit of balance and fairness to, to my team. But like again, like I won't, I won't put it past anyone who does have yeah, Sadio so Mane. So that is surface. my team. That guy is a Leno, straight Tarkovsky, Van Dijk, Robertson, Pereira, Trent, Henderson, Grealish, De Bruyne, Aubameyang, Vardy, and Sadio Mane. Those are my guys. Those are my guys. That's a solid team. That's a solid team. So. You've heard both of our teams. Um, be sure to let us know what you think down below um, in the, the comment section. I know a lot of people will still have some stuff to say, even though we've explained ourselves. But, you know, that's what they're there for. They will always be there to have their say. And, uh, you know, we'll keep it moving. Um, so, we will do a season review quickly. Um, we'll keep it quite short because we've got to do an FA Cup preview as well. I won't lie, I'm just going to make a small post on this little Saudi Arabia thing in Newcastle. So bear with me for like one minute. That's mad. Sounds actually mad when I think about it. Do you know what? I think what I saw the reason it was like the time taken. I I always thought that was a bit of a deciding factor. I do think. Yeah, it kind of dragged out for a bit. Conspiracy thing, but. You know the whole thing about Qatar and being sports and how the Saudis have kind of not a great connection between them. Basically, Qatar, oh, no, well, being sports is like a big, you know, being sports, a big broadcaster. And in in the Middle East, there's kind of like tensions yeah, yeah. between them. So Qatar were basically saying, no, we don't want, we don't want a, Saud- a Saudi brand in the league. Oh. Yeah. Nah, there's definitely a lot of politics behind all this. But, um, you know, I don't really know how I feel about it because a part of me kind of didn't want that to happen because obviously if they're there, yeah. then that's another team we have to over. Obviously, we're both Arsenal fans. Another team we have to overcome. Um, and when they got the financial powers, like, there's only so much you can do to overcome. But then again, it would be nice to see mm. a team like Newcastle United get back to their glory days. Like, I've always said that, obviously, with all due respect to Bournemouth, like, um, I'm very happy that Aston mm-hmm. Villa managed to survive the Premier League because Aston Villa are a big club and they don't deserve to be in the Championship, for example. With all due respect to Bournemouth, and this is not how it should work, I'm just talking from a personal point of view, in German wise compared to Aston Villa there's a big difference um, in the clubs 
So, yeah, it would have been nice to see Newcastle get back on top. Yeah. But do you know what? That would have been fun know? for like. They're not getting bored now. Other league, do you know what I mean? A bit like another PSG. Yeah. I mean, it still could happen. I mean, what other team would you really want it to happen to? Yeah. I mean, I'd like to potentially a Dortmund, you know, because they've kind of always been in the shadows by Munich. Like, obviously, since the Klopp days, they've always been close, but they haven't. It's like, you know that form, you know that Dortmund are going to put up a challenge. You know they're going to go on a good run of form, but Bayern Munich will find a way to win it. That shit is just inevitable, whether you like it or not. So, yeah, it would have been nice for... I mean, I don't know if I'd won another Premier League side to get bought, to be honest, because... I'm thinking, I'm I just going that, through the league. I'm thinking, who needs we've like got a enough shake of those as a, And who could be a big brand? Yeah, I mean, come swing us it would be nice for us... Only, yeah. two, only two billion. You know, because uh, we got silence then. Literally, silence then was up there just Big. sitting on his hands right now. This is a huge summer for him, man. He cannot just sit there and do nothing. Like, is it not evident enough after this season? I mean, just this you season. Know what? So I many seasons honestly think that we need a defense, loss, bro. Loss of revenue. Buckle up. Do something. It's going to shake him up. Has to, man. And yeah, definitely. Because there's been, most fans have been vocal this season when it comes to like money wise. Not everyone's buying shit like shirt. I mean, obviously, we do have the nicest shirt in the league bar none, but I feel like there are people who are generally boycotting those kind of stuff. Obviously, you see in the stadiums. I went to the Frankfurt oh, game man. where, you know, we actually ended up getting sacked. Second. Bro. Yeah. That stadium, I've never seen it like that. Like, if I was to make a rough guess, about 35,000 people in the stadium. And you know Arsenal usually have, you know, back in our golden days, or I wouldn't say golden days, but mm-hmm. when things were good in the Vengo in the late 2000s, yeah, we were comfortably getting 60 every game. Do you know what? I so, had them to see I how my, it ended up starting my during season that time. What year was it? Vengo's last year. No, 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 no. Sanchez. San, when, 16, 17. So. And s- slowly, year by year. Oh, 16, 17. Could, so, obviously, yeah. that was Champions League times. Slowly, year by year, you could see, like, the vibe. And, like, there was, like, a grey cloud over the Emirates. I don't know the worst game I've been to. Because, you know what? I was lucky to avoid those horrible, like, Europa League games. Yeah. But I was, I was thinking, not on some like, I was thinking, is it PR calls? Let me save my ticket for the fuck. Let me save my ticket for the fucking final, bro. Do you know what I mean? That game and the the Frankfurt game, I think that was, that was the one yeah, where yeah, it didn't yeah. really matter. Were we still going through? Peak, the Olympiacos game was painful because you saw. Like, it wasn't the greatest performance, but we managed wow. to just scrape through to extra time. And then right at the end, Pierre Emerick... Oh, no, no, it was at the end. It was, like, 10 minutes ago. Aubameyang comes up with a bicycle. No, actually, it was at the end. It was, like, about three minutes ago. 
Then Aubameyang comes with a bicycle kick. Imagine that, a bicycle Mad. kick to win the game in a dying moments of extra time. That shit you can't write there. That's the movie stuff. Then my man comes and just bangs it because Dapper Louis decided not to track his man. Far post, I think it was a header. Boom. Mad. Like, we're out at that moment. Then, oh, Aubameyang at the last moment. You, you bang a bicycle kick, but you can't score that. Oh, my days, bro. Um, so, no, that game... The levels of pain I felt on that game yeah. was yes. touching. Yes. Remember the North London I derby at Wembley last year? Man. Cool. But um, I've just made the post now, so we'll keep it moving. Um, so, um, I mean, we won't spend too much time discussing this season, really. I mean, obviously, Liverpool, best team. Where do you think this team ranks, like, compared to other Premier League sides overall? Um, I just want to know, like, your general kind of view on it. Because I've got my view on where they rank. It's hard because in terms of they've won, it's it's their first league in however many years, all of that. It's this and that. Do you know what I mean? It's it's Mm. just mad... I don't know how to describe I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. Obviously that whole that it's the domination thing. They that's what I feel dominated. that's why I feel bad for them in terms of um, mm. um the corona thing. I just I don't know, their devil don't like this the points number was mm. stupid. Because like the way of, they wiped the league, yeah, like it, it, the whole Corona thing taints it. Yeah, no, because like this, like everyone has their bounce, but this will actually always like go down as the Corona title. Like that's the joke people run with, but it's like it's like we actually missed three months of the season because of Corona. Everything got messed up. I don't want to take any shade off Liverpool by any means or anything like that, but whether they want to admit it or not that this will always be that just that crazy season which everyone wants to forget and unfortunately it had to be the one season that they won it I mean me personally I yeah. still think the Man City side of last season was better I feel like the Man City side of previous the 100 point Man City side was better I feel like obviously Invincibles was better um, there's a couple United I'd say the 08 United side was better I feel like the trouble United side is a bit overrated, you know. I don't know. That's always been my hot take. I've always said this for a very long time. I don't know what everyone else is out. It's, it's a big achievement to obviously win three trophies in a season, like regardless. But yeah. you know that side only finished on 79 points. Like if we're putting that all into yeah. perspective, Leicester's side finished more and more points. Manchester City this season, in what has been described as a poor season for them, still finished on more points than that trouble United side. Um, all of our title winners sides finished on more. You know, the United side of 2017-18 finished on 81 points under Mourinho. That was seen as a poor season, still more. Like, I get it, there's different circumstances every season, but to finish on 79 is a bit poor. So I'd say, I don't know, to be honest, because it, it is a bit of a mad statement to say this Liverpool side is probably better than that 99 side. I don't know, it's, it's long. But I'd say this side could creep in the top five sides and it's unfortunate that obviously the coronavirus situation has happened during the, during the season. Well. What are we, are we going to talk so about funny, I just remember 
bro, the three stages of our podcast talk, and just yeah, like might... the first time when you're on when you came on my well, I think it was just after Emery had left it's so this season oh yeah it's just been the longest fucking oh no yeah it was before I remember we were crying about no, it I think it was before not crying but bro, oh it's dragged up it's mad it's mad what we've been through yeah 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 was this has been such a long page season. I follow and he was doing like reviews of all the games and I was like I was scrolling through and I'm sitting I was on I was going for like a Arsenal fan Wait, page and he did like he did like reviews of the games um mm. and I was going I was going through did like a swipe I was swiping yeah, yeah. through and I was thinking this is how this is how we came this is how we came eight I'm seeing draws I'm seeing loss like a month where we drew and I'm not. We're not drawing against City and United. We're drawing against fucking Southampton. Yeah. Losing against Brighton. Like, do you know the mad thing? Gone. Do you know the craziest bit about this season? Like, obviously, Arteta's come in. It's been such a weird season where Arteta's come in, and statistically, yeah. he's actually been one of the best managers since he's came in. Not only that, but. There was a point where, like, I'd say up until yeah. March, we literally had the second least losses in the league. It was it was six, which is still a lot, but, like, for what is been our worst season, to, somehow... Yeah, to be fair to us, at one point, to be fair to us, least yeah. losses, which, other than the losses, nah, first lockdown, we, weren't, we weren't losing games, but you know them draws where it's like, oh, it feels like a loss. Mm. We had how many, like, off the head, yeah. off my head, I could We think. had so many of them. Can't. I think off my head, Wait, I'm thinking we... yeah, South... Southampton, we scraped a win. South... Scraped a draw, sorry. South... Southampton at home, we scraped a draw. Crystal Palace, we didn't yeah, necessarily two, two. scrape a draw. We sh- we... Crystal Palace? But yeah. Anyway, we came North London Derby. Uh, the North London Derby. I feel like we should have won. We even lose against Watford that the game. The second half performance, you dominated. But you know, <laughs> no. But we actually conceded nearly thirty shots, which what mad. they got really actually mad. Season. Are we deep in this? Like, how did you get away? Yeah, look, like, we had so Emory, many Emory, of them. Dude, I'm, like, I don't know. Games. I haven't checked the stats, but did we actually break the record? I just, I, I, I don't get it, but I do get it because. I, w- I really wanted to believe yeah. in him at one point, but it's like you're just not making sense in the slightest. I wanted to, I wanted it to be a thing where mm. I don't understand as a fan what you're doing, mm. but you know what you're doing. You're the manager. You've been in this business for a long time. I wanted it to be like that for the longest, but time went on. The same shit it's happened all the spiral. time. You just did not look like. See, when, when Arsenal have lost under Arteta, when lost under Arteta, we. Bro, that was you, such a depressing time. You can pinpoint the reason why we lost. Mm. That's it. It's not. Um, it's not. A... Uh, oh. Yeah, more more time. It's a mistake. Or yeah, uh, it's not. A, oh, I don't know. Like, how we've we actually managed put in to concede thirty shots in one single yeah. game. But like, yeah, that would not happen under Arteta. Mikel's got the ting pattern. Like that can't happen. So, yeah, no. Arsenal season is depressing. Well, if, if we were to give it a grading, 
What we say? I'll, I'll say mm, D. Yeah. I'd say I would have said E, but it's kind of turned I'll around. I'll say on D because so it could test. scrape a D. Yeah. 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 Before I start with Emery, you'll be lucky if you're scraping an E. You know, that was so, so depressing, that whole period. Like, I'm running the fan page as well. And actually going to the games. It was myself, a, That was the great cloud thing. The whole thing. atmosphere was just different. I've never seen an Emirates yeah. house. Because yeah, it was, that was actually even worse than, I remember Wenger yeah, yeah, last yeah. year. That was, as like a, as like a young person not not in some like philosophical thing but as a young person seeing seeing how mm. that these are these are old these are like grown men who had who had seen like that who had private it was weird how like yeah it was weird how like like the flowers they go how these people like were all yeah it's just we didn't want it to end this way but it was a sadness. It just it had to happen. A sadness. But, no, during the Wenger time, it was. Yeah. I say, do you remember? The, you remember the sixteen seventy season? That's the only time I've seen like Arsenal fans. Not not not, not say we're toxic or anything, but like yeah. that's when I've saw proper unrest. Let's say Wenger's last season. That season kind of like felt a swan like, song. We're just tired at this point. Like we're not gonna say Wenger out. Yeah, we're not gonna say Wenger out. We're not gonna voice our opinions we're just tired just yeah please just let it happen it was kind of that kind of vibe in that last season obviously he announced that he was leaving early enough where everyone could come together at the end and i remember that game against burnley uh when we won five no obviously it meant yeah, absolutely 100%. nothing but there was just good vibes like because it ended on a high note but then obviously the uh early emery period during this season at the beginning was probably the worst I've seen. Mm, I'd say it's worse. And do you know, remember with Emery, I remember there was a stat where we weren't winning at half time. We all, we all know. That's mad. That is, that is mad. Yeah. And second half, I know I'm thinking about that. That is quick at home, sorry. Literally. Mad. Because you know, one thing with Arsenal, we weren't, other than 2016, where we lost a crazy amount of games, we weren't losing at home. We're not saying the Emirates yeah. is some fucking fortress or whatever, but we were not losing. We, yeah. Oh no, I would actually go as far. Yeah. And Emirates yeah, back in Wenger's last season was statistically a fortress. Like yeah. I feel like, if I remember right, we only lost two games. Yeah. And one of them was to Manchester City and United. Other than that, we won every single other game. Like that was literally holding us on for that season because obviously yeah, the away record was the, it, it was a complete opposite role so the fact the Emirates was once a fortress which is so sad that like there was genuinely a point even during Wenger's worst times I knew a Watford a West Ham a Southampton you're coming to the Emirates mm-hmm. you're not going to leave with a win if you leave with a win just know you was very lucky but nowadays I'm genuinely not even com- I mean even on the hotel obviously he has to do a lot of work to reach that level we were. Do you know what I would say? What home. I would say about the Emirates nowadays, is that if you're a winger, very confident just know we're definitely you're going having to the time of your at home because you can have you can. Yeah, we've had what we've had. Jesse Lingard doing his little mill, milli rug. Uh, Middlesbrough Charlie just doing his thing. Literally, 
running the show. If you if you're on a drought, even um, what's man's name? And you coming up against Arsenal? What's man's just name? Just know Lucas. this is your day to get back on form. I remember, like, yeah, guys, you know when he's like, oh, goal scorer, oh. number, number, something, and you're thinking, who is who actually is this guy? But anyway, enough about Arsenal. We can go on for ages. Literally, there's people who genuinely made they made careers scoring against us, and you know, Charlie yeah. Austin's coming up with West Brom. Next season, hundred percent. I'll bet my page he's gonna bang against us next season because he does it. Every, he done it with QPR, done it with Southampton, and he will do it with West Brom. But um, yeah, as you said, we'll, we'll keep it moving. So I don't want to go through every single yeah. side because it's already an hour and a half long right now. But um, they're really too much. I don't. As I said, I don't want to show too much light. We've done our team of the season. Obviously, big shout out to teams like Aston Villa because. I will go as far to say this escape that yeah. they pulled off is one of the greatest in Premier League history. Considering the fact that two weeks ago, 7% chance to survive and they somehow survived it. Um, it looked really peak for them at one point and they somehow pulled it off on the very, very last day. So shout out to Aston Villa. Um, I don't want to do too much stuff like predictions for next season because obviously we'll get to that point after the transfer window's done. Yeah, exactly. The transfer window does change everything because obviously you seem like, I don't know, the signing of Bruno Fernandes, for example, um, he's changed and that is. Speaking of Bruno Fernandes, I completely yeah, forgot what we meant to do our end of season awards. So, we'll, yeah, quickly, quickly, quickly. Uh, we'll try to end on like the two-hour mark. So we got about 20, 25 minutes to go. But um, yeah, no. So play mm-hmm. the season, I've got uh, Kevin De Bruyne. Again, we've already shed enough light on him. 13 goals, 20 assists, equal the record. Most productive player in the Premier League, bar none. Dominated games as well. Scores an array of goals. Most chances created. Not really much more I can say on him. My under-23 mm-hmm. player of the year... It played the season is Trent Alexander Arnold again. We've shed enough light on his name. Most assistful defender in EPL history, changing a right back role. Trent Alexander Arnold is the best right back in the world. He's a generational talent. Um, and you know, as I said, he's an elite free, t- free kick taker as well. As I said, when it comes to whipping in those balls, when it comes to banging those free kicks in, David yeah, Beckham, your, your record might be under threat. Uh, and then manager of the season, I have, which I got corn for again. And, you know, I'm just, I'm out here with the unpopular mm-hmm. tape. I'm getting grilled for it. But I've got Chris Wilder. Now, shout out to Jürgen Klopp each and every time. Like, I don't want what he's done as a Liverpool manager to go on notice. The first lead title in over 30 years. Um, it can't go on notice what you've done, Jürgen. Figure it yourself. But Chris Wilder, he had a Sheffield United side, which... I can't remember my predictions, but I wrongfully, because to be fair, I I didn't actually keep up with the championship last season, to be honest. Mm-hmm. This season, I've kept up with it a bit more, as I should, but last season, I didn't. I had to find out that Sheffield United were playing some very innovative and creative football throughout their time in the championship. And that was all spearheaded by Chris yeah. Wilder. They've taken it to the Premier League. They've stuck by it to their guns. Didn't really spend that much, only like 60 million pounds. They kept the core of the squad. And, you know, Chris Wilder had them in a UCL hunt 
or up until like Christmas sandwiches, should we say, where a style like Sheffield United should not be in that that run. They finished ninth, their highest ever Premier League finish. Um, as I said, we spoke earlier about Chris Wilder's tactics of the overlapping centre-backs bombing on in the attack to kind of overflow uh, one side of the air and pitch to properly put that pressure on um, other sides. That's kind of Chris Wilder's tactics that he stuck by throughout all season. It's a unique tactic where you've got centre-backs out wide doing all these runs. It's not the norm and you've got midfielders coming back to do defensive work. It's unique. It's Chris Wilder and it's what he's done and it's been very, very successful for them. Teams might suss them out eventually, but as it stands right now, it's it's taken the Premier League by storm. So, um, and big up Chris Wilder on his defensive um, training as well. Like he's another one of those managers who thrive off mm-hmm. defending. You know, they defending is a priority for them, and Chris Wilder is a big part of that. And uh, they've only conceded thirty nine goals, which I can't remember the rankings of that, but I believe that's probably like the fifth most fifth least sorry so again for a side like Sheffield United just promoted and you're setting all these records and Chris Wilder is a big part of that big got him and you know as I said he's got the best out of I don't want to say in a disrespectful way but they're not mediocre players but like they're not world-class talents you know you've got David McGoldrick you've got Lundstrom you've got Egan you've got all these players who no top club will chase after them or anything like that but He's managed to get them to perform and some would say overperform their expected yeah. level um, in the Sheffield United side. So Chris Wilder is my manager of the season. Big him up yeah. each and every time. Uh, best new signing I've got is Bruno. Um, some could say that's unpopular, but Bruno, he's changed this United side. As I said, defensively, I know they've had their blunders and everything, but statistically, they've never actually been that bad defensively this season. It was more the droughts going forward. If it wasn't Marcia and Rashford, then there'd be a drought because there's no one else getting goals for them other than those two. So Bruno's come in and really helped that attacking side. Obviously, it does help that Pogba came back from his injury as well. Yeah. So them two formed up the Brazy partnership in the midfield, them two in the midfield pivot. But he's brought the feel good factor back to United. Um, he's came up with crucial goals, crucial performances. I will say, as of recent, his performances have kind of dipped and it does come across like he's stat padding. But that in itself could be a bit of a compliment to him to say, even when he's yeah. not performing, Contribution. he still gets a goal. Whether it's a penalty or not, mm-hmm. he still gets a goal assist. Saturn, you know? And those are the key factors. Because I feel like, I don't know the numbers, but I'm pretty sure they were miles off to third, for example, when he came in. And now they're there in third, sitting comfortably in that UCL um, position. I go as far to say his impact on this United side, considering where they were before. Yeah. It's giving me strong Cantona vibes. I'll be real. Obviously, if he, are you, I don't know. We'll see what happens next season. I doubt he can take them to a title anytime soon. But, you know, as I said, it's not... It's kind of like the, what I was saying about Aston Villa and Liverpool. Like there's different levels of the playing ground, and right now United are not a title challenger side. But yeah. for them to go from what seventh where they at one point or mid table to third in that quick space of time because of this one signing has to be best time. Impact is can't be questioned at all. So most improved has to be Danny Ings, um, and I don't know quite if this is actually most improved if we're deep in. 
some would say he's always been like this. He's just always been injured. But Danny Ings is my most improved. You know, one goal short of the Golden Boot. Most goals in Europe, excluding Pens, as I said, twenty-two goals, shots on target, extremely clinical. As I said, um, outperformed its expected goals mm. by um, ex- yeah, outperformed it by seven goals. It's got I got here. So again, Mad. that's. I wouldn't say it's unheard of, but that shit's like elite. Yeah. Like to, to maintain that for the whole season, same. Um, great positional awareness. Um, yeah, no, big up Danny Ings, still most improved player. He didn't make the team this season, but he's got satin from me. I'm happy to give him this. And Oof. most underrated player, Hugo Lloris. Now, this was a unpopular shot, unexpected shot, some would say, but Hugo Lloris, like. Ever since Mourinho's come in, he's definitely... I wouldn't even say ever since, but throughout the season, he's actually low-key being a very good keeper this season. On the ball, being a bit shoddy, had his odd mistakes every now and then. But shot-stopping-wise, he's comfortably... I wouldn't say comfortably, actually. Shot-stopping-wise, it's between him and Leno as he's the best in the league. You can maybe chuck Dean Henderson in there as well. And um, obviously, your Edison's your post. But like statistically speaking... He actually does have the highest percentage um, save wise. Um, so yeah, he's definitely one of the best save shot um, shot stoppers. So um, most saves per game. You know, like he's actually been really solid of recent, and I haven't seen one bit of credit go to his name. So I'm here as Jay from Footballist to shed a bit of light on your name. You may be a rival, but you know, rivalry aside, we put that we put that shit aside, and you have. My because I would have obviously had Emiliano Brendia, but I feel like as of recent he's starting to get his credit, so he's no longer what you per se as underrated. And uh, biggest flop of the season. When I say biggest flop, I've always viewed as flop as you don't actually have to be a new signing to be a flop. Um, you can just be a player who's had high expectations, being up there as yeah, this guy's the top dog, this guy's like the big player in the league and you've just completely fallen off and my Ooh. biggest flop of the season has to be Kepa Ariza Balaga pound for pound might just be the worst ever Premier League signing I said what I said you know 72 million pounds and if you've seen some of the stuff that's come up it's it's quite unbelievable how hard he's fell off comfortably has the worst save percentage in the Premier League like he's li- there's no one close to him if I could put up a picture I would but I saw the charts. He's literally miles off the next worst. Um, I saw something like um, he's. Uh, let's let me just bring up my stats here quickly. So for 14 of the 47 goals he's conceded this season, he didn't oh, move for 30% of them. So imagine that most of those goals you see, he didn't even make a little jump for it, a little save. Maybe you never know, might get fingered. He just stands stood still. And uh, you can't really be doing that. Chelsea were expected to concede 40 goals this season if we're going about XG against, but they conceded 54 goals. Are we deep in that? That's a differential of 14 goals. Literally, man. And um, yeah, no. You know, there's a meme going around. Fuck it, it's Kepa. That's what he's become. Like, just shoot. Fuck it. Just put a shot down the middle. He'll probably go in, literally. Um, so yeah, he's my biggest flop of the season, and um, yeah, no, nah, he's been he's been poor still. He's been poor still. 
Um, but those are my awards for the Premier League for the season. Um, yes, yeah, so I'll swing you guys over to Dave now. My team, no, my award, sorry. So, the season, I go with Kevin De Bruyne, uh, under 23, Tran manager. I did write Klopp. I would have gone Chris Wilder, but not really due to any fault of his own. But I think the mm. fact that they didn't really even, they didn't really actually get Europa either. Not that I expected them to. I think that was a bit of a disappointment for him. Obviously, yeah, yeah, it's points. It's like there's tight margins in this. I can't, I can't remember the games that that really decided it for them. But the points were a bit. Yeah, again, it's not his fault. But I would go for Klopp just because he literally ran the most dominant side in the league, like by far. And I think it takes a special person mm. to still motivate those guys. Even when... 100, I know. As you said, 99 points. <laughs> right. so. um, definitely more. signing Dana. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's coming from the United States. He's coming from Now, these last three, I think, they differ. So, most improved player... This is obviously the team of the season, but or the team of the year. But I would put Granit Xhaka only because this man literally got booed. Like I wasn't involved, but I was listening mm. to people boo him off our our pitch, and he threw the shirt. Da da da. He did whatever. Like we were literally done with him. If we were in, if fans were in control, we would have sold him on the on the dock for <coughs> for fucking free. And the fact, literally, I think he was. I saw he was like on the brink of a beat. Yeah, because it happened around the general transfer window. Uh, Hyper Berlin. I Hyper wonder Berlin what convinced him actually. Yeah. Mm. No, it was, it was definitely me, Carlton. Like, um, I think someone said that uh, one of the sources was like, Miko Lucci had like a proper man to man face to face discussion. Like, I want you to be a part mm. of this. I view you very highly. I've rated you from Man City, all that kind of stuff. Obviously, yeah. I wasn't there. I don't doubt so I'm not trying to move like no ITK, but that's just what's been yeah. said. So the fact that he's managed to turn <laughs> that's around, just what's literally, literally talking about Henderson, yeah. he is an important t- guy in our team. Very important. So yeah, I would put him as most improved. Yeah. Most underrated. Definitely. I'd put Sterling only because his goal contributions this year is mad. This is also, yeah. that's a bit mainly all goal, all competitions, but even Premier League, yeah, but... it's mad. Like for, twenty for, goals. I'm sure that must be his highest. Definitely, I, I so think far. this is definitely his highest. I don't remember hearing twenty goals. Yeah, before. like like you did say. That you did well, like, say they were post lockdown, but yeah, like twenty goals and no one's really talking about it. I don't know. No, like I no, I still rate him very. Like I still understand how he's underrated. Because I feel like when I excluded him from my team, it was like it was just fine margins. So comparing him to Salon, it's just the fact that they came off the lockdown. It was just like that, just kind of edges it. But to still manage twenty goals in a season. Again, like I don't really feel like enough. A lot of respect really gets put on his name. We're talking about one of the best wingers, not even in the league, in the world. Literally, 2019, Mad. I think only Messi scored more goals and was something crazy like that. Like for just the calendar year 2019. So, and that's obviously part of the season as well. So it's just like Sterling is genuine levels, and you know, mm-hmm. 
he's one of those players you and then, get talked about, but yeah. just not. And then biggest flop <laughs> this is on the is so you can put on the graphic as well, Joel Linton. <laughs> Poor guy. Do you know what? I can't yeah. really. That's tragic. Now it's, it's kind of peak on him because I actually looked at some of the stuff in his Hoffenheim deals, mm. and the type of striker he was is kind of like a Firmino type player. So even yeah. if he had a great season, I don't feel like he would have actually bagged like bare goals. But it's just the fact that I think too, did he bag against Tottenham? The, what was it? One goal this whole season? Tottenham away. I'm pretty sure he did. And then after that, he scored against Sheffield. It was a good goal. Yeah. Big yeah, piece. Then you did that. He cost forty million as well. Goals. Huge. Properly needed goals. So yeah, those are my guys. So now nah, I can't understand that one. Calm. So those those are our Premier League awards again. Posts will be made. Be sure to let us know what you think in the comments down below. Surely this shouldn't rough for enough feathers as the team of the season did, but you never know. You never know. So, we'll just, I'll be real with you guys. It's been nearly two hours now. I can't answer one of the questions that you guys sent through. But don't worry, we will be back next week. And I will make yeah. sure that I'll answer one of those questions. We'll probably do two next time to make up for it. Because this has been a special episode. First one back, I had to come over back. Uh, bang, so extra long. But um, we'll just do a quick FA Cup preview. Because that is literally tomorrow. So... What are your thoughts? Obviously, we're both Gooners. We're both Arsenal fans. I don't know how to feel about this business because, like, obviously, our form as of, as of recent, especially, mm, I don't know, because obviously, you had the Aston Villa game. The game against Watford was a bit dodgy. But then, obviously, we beat Liverpool and beat Man City. My views coming into this is, regardless of what has happened in the league, regardless of what happened in Europe or whatever, when it comes to FA Cup, we are the Don Dadders. That is our cup. That is ours. Like, we are the most successful side for a reason. We've seen that we could be in our worst state and we'll still trump sides. Like, the match that went against Man City last month was not, or was it this month? In the FA Cup semi, that was not a one-off. Like, we, we've done that many times. You saw in that 16, 17 mm -hmm. season, like, we were poor that season, especially towards the end. But we somehow managed to pull it out of the bag to beat Man City. We somehow managed to pull it out of the bag to beat the champions in the final. Uh, you look at our 2014 run again, we ended that kind of poor. But we still managed to beat Liverpool along the way. We still managed to... I mean, obviously, that we beat Tottenham in that one. and yeah. I, I beat That Edison. was a big win. I remember Dude, watching that back game. Back then, we were a solid side. Uh, I think Arteta scored. Hello? Yo, I, love it. Yeah. I did not know what just happened. Do you know what the maddest thing was? As I just went to send you oh. the link, just here for Breezer Romano's in my DMs. I'm going to check what you said after, but that is so random. What the that fuck? That is mad. I did not expect that in the slightest. Um, yeah, so uh, we're talking about Arteta. Yeah, he, he had to score the penalty. So, yeah, no, when it comes to like the FA Cup, like that's our competition. So, I'm not going to be cocky because you never know of Arsenal. Like, but I'm slightly confident. Like, regard we could be in a relegation battle, but when it comes to the FA Cup, I don't know. It's like it's like Liverpool in the Champions League. Like yeah. Liverpool could be in a worse state. Like if the the team that won it in two thousand six, that team was meaty. That team yeah. was so average, other than Gerald, obviously, and maybe Lucio Garcia. 
That team was yeah. like so average, but they managed to pull it off against one of the greatest ever AC Milan sides because I don't know, just sometimes when you're in that kind of competition, like it just gets it's the a heart. Different. It's a cup, it's a cup um mentality. Yeah. So I don't know, me personally, I'm I'm kind of confident. I'll I'll be real. So what are your thoughts, bro? Do you know me? I'm never I'm never a big speaker before because I can't handle yeah, I can't handle this shit after. Do you know what I mean? Really? And I don't. I've I've obviously changed my ways, and I don't want to be them, them guys where it's like, oh no, I don't care if we win or lose. Da, da, da. I don't care. If, I care if we win, but I don't care if we lose. I think that's a bit. I feel like right now it's like, if we do win it, it will be a massive like. Yeah, we might have had our worst season, but we still managed to win a trophy. It's but a relief. Then, it's a relief. Yeah, but then another thing is like. If we don't win it, a part of me won't care like that because we've been through so much pain this season. This would just be known as that season. Yeah, well, finished worse like season in the league. Had like three different managers, lost the FA Cup final. It's overall from start to finish, all competitions, a season to just forget. Like, I'm not even trying to talk about the season that much. So, yeah, that's kind of my feelings if we win, if we lose. But, um, oops, sorry. What are your predictions, though? That's obviously we have got our feelings coming into it, but like score predictions-wise, let's, let's let's put our necks on the line. Necks on the line, fuck. Um, Giroud is going is going definitely. If if the FA Cup is our competition, it's as much as his competition as well. Hundred percent. What's that? Five? No, he's got four FA Cups right now. What three yeah. with us and one with Chelsea, and you know he scored in the final against Aston Villa. He assisted in the final against Chelsea and um, Hull City because he was the he was the one who done that back heel to Aaron Ramsey. He yeah. was the one who crossed it into Aaron Ramsey. Like that's what I'm saying. Yeah. People need to start respecting Giroud's name. But you know what? I'm going to save my Giroud. Even the, even the Aston Villa game. Sorry. Yeah. Go he on. came on in like he had the fresh trim. He came on the 90th. He still bagged in that yellow jersey. Man. Yeah. She she wore the yellow ribbon. All of that. So. Bro. Like, Giroud, I'll save the prop for another podcast because I'm going to go ham. Uh, if you think my posts have been off, I'm going to go ham. In, in one podcast, I'm going to let it all go. Giroud, the most yes. underrated striker of this generation, bar none. Yes. And I said what I said at me in the comments, I'm comfy. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. But he, he'll definitely find a way to score still. But it's just how we kind of cut. I, I don't know. Prediction wise. I think we can get two. I think we can get two goals. I'm going to go. I might. I'm going to. I'm going to say three-one Arsenal. I feel like we do have the potential to get a lot of goals. So I feel like as bad as our defenses, I don't feel like this Chelsea defense is that amazing, um, either. But I don't feel like. I feel like we're the type of team under Arteta, for example. I haven't seen anything that suggests different that. If we were comfortably winning, we will stick with our three goal leads. We won't go in for four, five, six, seven. Um, so Do you know what? That's one. Sorry. About that. That. The one thing that Arsenal are good at is holding. That not Arsenal, but we've become good at is holding leads. Yeah. Do you remember against Wolves, where we scored? Oh yeah. Half time. We scored against. Um, we scored kind of late on, like the seventieth. Yeah, but yeah. we never look like real shaky. It's very controlled on that. Because 
Yeah, hundred percent. So um, yeah, I'll probably go with three one still because. Um, I feel like our defence at most if we're, if we're talking about our defence on a good day like the defence we saw against Man City you know David Luiz moving like Maldini we got yeah. um, he was beside him Mustafi moving like Chiesa like these are some top done that is in our defence but if yeah. we can match those that levels, up for it. that's what I'm saying it's a final if we can match those levels um, the most we would concede is a one goal we could even keep a clean sheet like we did last time. But I feel like if we were to concede, it would probably only be one. But that's, that's what I'm saying on a good day, though. Because on a bad day, bro, we can concede as much as we want. But Literally. I'd say my predictions is 3-1. Let's hear your predictions, bro. I'm going to go over 2-1. Jury to score. Okay. 2-1 to who? Arsenal. Okay. Okay. To the Gunners. Um... Think about me, and we'll get one, and I think Pepe will get one as well. I hope, man. If, he, if he starts, if Abamian can score in that game, that that will definitely. I think. I think this game would always be his first. Fan. Oh no, no, he played in the Europa League final, so I feel like this would be his first band that he'd score for Arsenal. Yeah. It would just be nice, isn't it? Because I know he played in the Carabao Cup final as well, but that one was a bit. He was only at Arsenal for like what? That was by force. He was like, for, yeah, literally. Yeah, so two games in. But yeah, so this will be his third final. It would be nice if you can get a goal in it, just so you can kind of sharp the cricket critics a bit, because he's always been criticised for never scoring in the big games or lot of stuff. So yeah, I'm 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 confident, but I'm not because I don't know. I don't know if you watched AFTV, but um, they done a little preview with Troops and Lewis from the Chelsea channel. You know who he is? Do you know who he is? Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Oh sorry. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so they done them two done a preview. Obviously, Robbie was there. Troops was confident. He was cocky. Mm. I was sitting there thinking, bro, like I get it. I get. I feel that confidence inside of me. One part of me does feel that confidence. I'm not going to put it out there that I'm that confident because, bro, if you if you know like if we lose, they coming for you. You might need to take it's a little peak, break on social bro. media. Because you know them ones where they don't even celebrate. They don't, they're not celebrating winning. They're, they're coming for you instead. They're using Literally. all that built-up energy. I think that was, you know, that was the bad thing about... You wrote Let's not even talk about that night. Yeah, yeah right. because they... Because they didn't even need to win it. So they just spent all their energy just coming for us, bro. Uh, I mean, that's another point that I wanted that to mad. make about this final. Like, technically speaking... <laughs> Chelsea don't need to win this game. It's, it's kind of like um, a, basically like a dead stamp of last season. Like We have to win this cup final to get European qualification just like last year. Obviously, last year's one was Champions League. If you win the FA Cup, you get Europa League. But Chelsea have really secured their spot in Europe as they did last year. We didn't secure our spot in the Champions League. So they don't actually need to win this game. But um, yeah, so it's mad how it all comes around literally so i'm getting big vibes of this final as it was last year but hopefully there'll be a different outcome this time around come so i feel that's a good good place we could end this uh podcast because i'm really trying to see what the flip fabrizio romano is saying so fabrizio is saying you know like (laughs) what's he all in my deals for jeez my guy 
All right, so that's um, that's, that's been episode five of that's the Football Podcast, featuring our <laughs> newly confirmed co-hosts. You see them every week. We're definitely, I'm definitely going to try to do this as an every week thing. Obviously, if I don't do it one week, there's usually a feasible reason for that. But um, yeah, that's been the Footless Podcast. We've done our team of the season explanation, so now you guys cannot come for me. I've explained. Davis dropped his team of the season. We've dropped our Premier League awards. Uh, done a little season review. Top three under 21 talents of the Premier League as well as a little preview for the FA Cup final coming up tomorrow. So, well, actually, it'll be tomorrow when it's drops. Technically speaking, it's two days away that we're recording. But this has been a special jam-packed episode of the Footless Podcast. It won't come this packed in the future. I just had to come back with a bang because it's been too long. But I've been myself, Jay. This has been Dave. And uh, we out. And I've been Dave. Come on, bro. It's been Dave. And uh, we out. In a bit, we'll catch you guys next week. Stay locked.